Hey, it's Chris Edgerly, a.k.a. The Edge Voice, and you're about to listen to an audio version of an interview I've done on my streamcast on Twitch. Now, if you'd like to see the video along with it, you can find it in the links below, or you can just go to my YouTube channel, Chris Edgerly, a.k.a. The Edge Voice. Hope you enjoy it. I have had the pleasure of working with Roger Craig Smith a couple of times. And as a matter of fact, the first time I think I remember working with you was either on Clarence, which was a few years back. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of overlap in some of the shows and games we've done. But there was another time where we did just a table read for the folks at Disney Tunes. Roger did a voice that had absolutely nothing to do with any voice you've ever heard him do. It was great. It was this really overeager kind of kid voice. And you had sort of the collateral lift for him. And it was just, oh. it was hysterical. Yeah, it was great because I thought, yeah, I, I bet Roger and talked with him. It's like, that one's way out of uh, left field, which of course, Interesting. that's the whole point. That's why yeah, you hire right. a voice actor. So you get something out of we left do. field. Yeah. Interesting. It's It goes to show too, it's like uh, how many times we find ourselves doing things as like a proof of concept or as like uh, yeah. for that, you know, just doing a table read so they can kind of wrap their brains around do we like the way the characters are sort of interacting and the dialogue? Is it punchy? Is it working? Let's hire some some voice actors to come in here and do this for us. And I honestly, I I wouldn't have known. I don't I don't have like a like a I don't have like a roster of like go to right. I guess I would do. It's almost always somebody when we walk into those situations, they go, "Hey, we're thinking of this. We're thinking of that. Let's have them sound like this." You throw out some stuff, and then they say, yeah. "Yes, pitch them up, pitch them down." You know, yeah. Older. The last time I was at Disney Tunes, and they just said, look, these are different characters. We're going to try them all out. And it was the closest, like, I'm not a musician, but it was jazz. Here's yeah. a note, play that. Now, here's a note, play that. It was some of the most fun I've ever had. Yeah, and, that's an exciting thing. Yeah, and these guys will never get to see any of it, but it's mm -hmm. the nuts and bolts of how you develop stuff. It's a shame. There are so many, like, I think about this with, with, I mean, just TV shows and concepts and art in general, especially music too. Like there's, uh, there's so much stuff out there that sadly, for whatever reason, never sees the light of day because of licenses and ownership and things like that. And I, I know for a fact, there are pilots that have been shot of really good, funny stuff. Oh yeah. And for whatever reason, they just go, Nope, we're going to shelf it. And it just dies. <laughs> it just goes, I would hope that maybe there's a, a benefit to the internet and that some of these things kind of come back to light, you know, as a result of now they can throw it on a streaming platform where it's like, all right, go get to see some stuff that, you know, they owned it. I mean, there's been entire seasons of things that have just been shelved. Somebody's already saying, let's get the razor hail thing razor out of the hail. way. Why? What's this razor hail thing? I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I, is it hailing I, razors? That seems like a dangerous. You know, yeah, really. It's uh, yeah. some sort. Uh, razor hail. I, I have met online. He is a nice okay. young man who uh, seems to be incredibly conscientious of whether or not you approve of the amount of time he has spent traipsing around the apex world doing a, I got to admit, pretty dead-on Mirage impression. I, I've heard it. I'm very impressed. Yeah. Um, yes, no, I've had I've had a couple of people um, reach out, and, and it's an interesting thing, So because I have zero problems with, I mean, if anything, it's just surreal. It's obviously, I, I don't know, you call it flattering? <laughs> that, that feels egotistical, like, oh, I'm so flattered. But, it's flattering. Um, it's, I would take it as flattering. Yeah, it's it, it, so so we'll call it flattering. We'll, we'll say, and it's very strange for me to be 
like to be on this side of that, uh, which is sort of strange because normally what we're doing in in voiceover sessions is always we're mimicking, yeah, own. yeah, we're we're doing everything, you know, every impression we can try to think of, you know, we're, we're yeah. goofing around with that, and it's weird to hear somebody sort of, <laughs> for lack of a better term, do you, yeah, um, no, there, and, and I've had a couple people like I had to tweet out at one point that it wasn't me because I, but what was happening is a couple of these, and I'm using this term extremely loosely, these online video game journalism sites um, yeah. were posting it. Um, even my own brother was like, dude, did you see this? Like, and I've had friends go like, is this you doing this? And I'm like, no, that's not me. And the only issue that I had with it was to contact some of the folks at Respawn and let them know that's actually not me. Right. I mean, a quick little cursory search and you'd find out, oh, it's this Razor Hill guy. It's not. But the problem was that the little clip that goes out with it says voice actor for Mirage trolls. Uh, yeah. Line. And in our line of work, there's we, we are very, very fortunate to be a part of things that that are much bigger than we are. And so I had to reach out to respond to let them know, hey, I would if I was doing something like this, I'd let them know or seek permission or 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 at least make sure that I'm not creating any sort of issues. Right. And then B that I wouldn't be doing while also cursing. That was the only thing. Now I was speaking to you before we even started. I've got a, a mouth like a truck driver outside of all things, but when I'm doing appearances or if I'm online or my Twitter feed, I don't curse on my Twitter feed, stuff like that. Right. And so that was why I was like, look, I represent a game. I represent a gaming company. I represent a character. It's like I'm just the actor. So if I'm online doing stuff like this and it creates any sort of a bad situation for the the company or right. the end of the games or character, so that was my only issue was just trying to like make sure that people understand like that's not me. Totally fine that Razor Hale's doing it. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. But I just was like I wanted to make absolutely clear that people understood like that's not me and I wouldn't do it that way. Because actually, Roger has a very interesting life. For those of you that follow him on Twitter, I'm sure that's a lot of you. This guy's done, let's see, you're closing in on 300 IMDb credits. That's pretty sweet. Oh, geez. All right. You're getting there. I'm closing in on 200. So I'm, nice. I, I can see you, is but you're. Bizarre? It is because um, most of it's accurate. I'll say that. Most of it's accurate. They're, they're more accurate than Wikipedia. There are there are so many ways that we all kind of start to sound alike, <laughs> like with with certain deliveries of certain things, and so I, I right. Think, I think at times you can kind of go, oh, yeah, that 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 could easily sound like anybody doing that particular thing, and so it's just funny when somebody goes, oh, I you know, I mean, years ago, this is so funny. My mom did this where uh, I've been doing the retail voice for Ram trucks for a really long time. Okay. And, and so it's like, I'm the voice that you, you'll hear me on the radio doing the radio stuff, but, and doing the full commercials there, but then you'll hear me at the end of TV, um, tags. Nice. The guy comes on and says, right now, well qualified lessees can lease the all new 2019, blah, 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 you know, for two forty nine a month. And it's, and it's all the legal stuff. And my mom one time, uh, called me up and she goes, I heard you on, on your Honda commercial. That's good. That's new. And I went, no. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't me. And she argued with me. She goes, no, this was you. <laughs> I'm like, no. That's, I, I promise you, if I'm doing Ram trucks, I'm not doing Honda. Yeah, it's, it's what no, we this, call a conflict. This was you. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. it's not me, Mom. I'll, so, I'll, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what's embarrassing is when it is you and then mid-campaign, it's somebody else. That's happened oh, to yes. me twice. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. It happens.
So, yeah, it's... Um, professional if you haven't been replaced or fired. So, yeah, I guess what we're saying, uh, Razor Hail, is sooner or later there's going to be another guy who does an even better Mirage impression. Yeah. And uh, and then Roger's going to have to worry where to dig two holes in the desert. So, yeah. I started in stand-up comedy, and I was mimicking everybody. I would do voice after voice after voice. And, yeah, it got the crowds laughing. It's a good skill to have, and I use it to this day. I mean, we're mimics. I do a lot of voice matching of people. But I also realized that creating a character, set yourself apart. It's good advice. I mean, it's, I, I remember, so I was quote unquote discovered um, by taking Bob Bergen's animation class. Yep, Bob. Probably 15, 16 years ago, something like that. And um, he was telling a story about a, a student that had showed up to the class. It was an older gentleman um, by comparison to some of the other people that are in the class. Showed up and, and, and Bob inevitably asks, you know, why are you guys taking this class? Like, why do you want to do this? Why do you, why do you want to be, you know, in animation or cartoons or that kind of thing? Right. And this gentleman's response was that he had a dead on uh, Homer Simpson. Yeah. And, and it was like, and Bob was gently kind of trying to coax out of him like, okay, that's, that's great. But what else? And the guy was like, no, no, I'm going to be the voice of Homer Simpson. And I mean, at this time, Simpsons <laughs> was like the biggest thing on earth, and not that it s still isn't. And, yeah. And so he was trying to say, like, I, th I think the job is taken. Like, it's, I'm sure that Dan Castellanos is kind of like, you know, he's, he's just fine in that role right now. I, I don't can... think anybody's going anywhere. And this guy got livid because <laughs> he had a really good Homer Simpson. And so for him, he was like, what do you mean I don't get to be? I don't crush my dreams. And so it is really good advice. Like, um, so the, the challenge is always this, what we end up doing often as voice actors, we go in and somebody will say, do you have like a version of, of this? Do you have like, right. uh, we're looking for like a, a Vincent price kind of a, and so then they say, but we want him like a little higher pitched or instead right. of Vincent price. We want a Vincent price with an Italian accent or a Russian accent or whatever it might be. John DiMaggio talks about, his bender from Futurama is like a it's like a, a blending of three different things. His uncle, um, I think there's oh, a Slim Pickens in there because I'm a Slim huge Pickens, Slim Pickens fan. Yeah, and then one other, and I forget what the other one is, but it's like that's how we came up with Bender, baby. Right. Like, that stuff is a blend of all those things. So like, I, I can try to do my best Bender, baby. Yeah, and it's yeah. not it's not gonna be right there, but I can no. take elements of Blender and I make it a little bit of Italian, and now I'm ripping off Bender. But I'm making it my own. Like that's that's kind of stuff that we do. There's a little tricks yeah. of the tricks of the trade. Everything is a version of something else. It's all Absolutely. been heard before. I mean, um, my Peter Potamus for Harvey Birdman. They brought me in to do what Joe Alasky had been doing. But over time, based on where they were directing me and based on how I was sort of interpreting it. It became something else. Because in the very beginning, it was kind of like this. Is that you, Birdman? And by the time we were done, it was way up here. It's like, did you get that go. thing I sent you? Yeah. It, it just sort of grows organically. So Absolutely. We don't rarely... It's, I've, I've had a number of, uh, of, of folks at like a convention say, why did you choose to do you know X, Y, or Z? And, and I, I even just tweeted something about today of... of, of just the, the sheer collaborative effort of, of what goes into making the, the final product that, that yeah. people experience. And I walk into any, I, I've never walked into a session, including for something like Ram, 
I've never walked into a session and said, here's the voice I'm doing for you. And then, you know, that's yeah. it. It's like they, you've got a writer, a director, a producer, you've got animators, you've got, you know, development team members, you've got everybody in that room and they start putting in their two cents worth. And literally even the, the, the creation of your vocal character is a, is a collaborative effort. Your mirage is kind of like my pathfinder in that, Mirages you, but he's a facet of you that you're not really like. He's an extremely cocky you, and Pathfinder is an extremely happy, oblivious me. And I'm pretty happy, and I'm sort of oblivious, but I'm a little more acute into the world. Yeah. If yeah. there's any part of of, uh, of Mirage that's me, it's the little self-deprecating. It's it's when you it's it. He always comes out with something kind of cocky, and then right. kind of going like. Yeah, it blows up. That really, yeah, it's like, man, I, I mean, uh, it, it, when he's when he's into that little bit of insecurity that he's kind of quiet and got, that's all me. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's definitely me. It cannot be possible that you weren't ad living from day one on Mirage. Thankfully, so this is again where that collaborative element of, of everybody over at Respawn, um, the writers coming together and basically saying, here's this like skeletal structure idea that we have for this character. And one of the things that they that they initially kind of went with was the stuttering. That it was like he there wasn't an, a legitimate stutter. It's it was he was stammering over his brain was going so much faster than his tongue uh-huh. or vice versa because he's just you know he's just always got something to say. Right. That they were like he's gonna get he's gonna like flub up some of his words. Right. And they were just like we just want you to play around with that. So there were often times where it was like. They, 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 they recognized pretty early on that it was going to work, that I was going to fill in little, you know, little bits and pieces here. And then, and what ended up happening, what happens now when we do go in for stuff is that they let us play around. They'll say, here's what we got. And yes. we're going to leave it open so that any of the little things you put behind it, or if you stammer on a word or that kind of thing. And that again is like, I can't take credit for that because I wasn't the one saying, Hey, what would be funny is if he stumbled over his words because he's trying to talk so fast. It's that's the collaborative element of Respawn coming up with really rich character designs, yeah. really rich character backstory, all that, and then also hiring the right people. Uh, knock on wood that uh, that can that can do this stuff and and also then be a, be a contribution, uh, you know, contribute to further developing a character and kind of you know uh, uh, figuring out how it's all going to kind of come to fruition. So. Thanks again to Respawn for making such a kick-ass game and letting us be a part of it. Hats off. Mm-hmm. Or at least tipped. Congratulations, by the way, to to Apex and Respawn. They got they picked up a few nominations at the uh, yeah, at the, at the Game Awards. So yeah, looking forward to that. When you're doing voiceover, you know you're pretty much in it. Like Monday through Friday, anything could happen on any day. Like so we had to move this interview around several times. When you get a chance to get away, as we've seen on your Twitter feed, you like to get way out. Yeah, and you like to point your camera at the stars. Absolutely, it's a it's a hobby that's uh, that's called astrophotography, um, or really and truly, it's proper astrophotography is when you connect your camera to a telescope and take images of deep sky objects. They they call them DSOs. Um, and nightscape photography is where I just go out into the field with a camera, and you're taking photographs of not only the stars, but usually something in the foreground. So there's become this little, not debate, it's, it's finally settled, but it used to be like, well, if I'm going out with just a camera taking a shot of the Milky Way, but there's pine trees in the foreground and the silhouette of like, you know, something in front of it, 
that's not just straight scientific astrophotography. That's also a photograph. And so they came up with this term nightscape. Okay. Yeah. So nightscape photography and astrophotography, that's, that is my absolute passion, my hobby. I'm always, I literally plan um, my, my months out around and I put it into my calendar. I've got it all the way out for the next like three or four years when the new moon really? so that it's nice and dark to go out and uh, where do I want to go? What, what new piece of technology do I want to save up for? And, you know, it, it's a total rabbit hole of, of things to go do. But, yeah, that's that's my passion. I try to keep a healthy balance of, of not too many star picks and all that kind of stuff because I know that a lot of people are not following me for my photography. But well, I try to keep a blend. Yeah, but they could just scroll right on by, you know. Well, it's, like think, yeah. it's, it's become an interesting thing, too, because I've, I've had a few – a few people reach out if I if I am at a convention or even just folks in the, the business, uh, not even on on our side of the glass, but like producers and stuff right. that that have gotten inspired to try to go do this stuff. And thankfully, that's what I, I began to realize. What's happening is I I was you know I was a film major, I was a screenwriting major. Um, you know, I've been a, a performer essentially since childhood. Um, this was net science was never necessarily anything that was like a pursuit for me. I'm horrible at math. Um, and so for the longest time, I just thought there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I would watch these tutorial videos on how to, how to approach the hobby and how to work with a telescope and all that. And I just thought I'm never going to understand any of this. And then about four years ago, it started to kind of click. And I really just would, I would just make it a point to go home and try to figure out. And I finally just started going, I'm just going to fake it. I'm going to, I'm going to try to replicate what I'm seeing these guys do and see if I can't then suddenly grasp it, you know, as a different modality. Um, right. And what ended up happening is the, the, the followers on, on, uh, like Instagram and, and, and Twitter, those are the only two social media platforms I, I bother with right now, um, started to enjoy seeing this stuff. And it was a chance for me to kind of say, Hey, this is, when we put down our video game controllers every now and then just going out and even if it's just a full moon, it's like you don't need a telescope for that. I mean, if you got a cheap pair of binoculars, you will see things in the night sky. Oh, yeah. Go lay down on your back and just start staring up. You're going to see satellites. You're going to see things that move. You're going to it's you're going to start to pick out uh, a nebula here, a galaxy there. It's it's a it's it's a neat thing. So it became not only it's, I'm not trying to make it sound like a, you know this is a calling and I'm giving back to the world, but it, it uh, it's neat to see that other people go. It's it's cool to see that you're into other stuff. Oh yeah, just me promoting, you know. I tell everybody on my stream, the regular viewers here can attest to this. Go outside, get some fresh air. All right, it can't Absolutely. all be screens and get in front of people, talk to them, hug them, touch them appropriately, you know. Yes. Fill your life up with some variety because you'll bring it back into the game you're playing and you will inevitably talk to somebody else on the stream or on online, whatever, and you're going to bring that experience to it. And when you stare up at the stars... Um, I think everyone is capable of feeling this, but that to me is, uh, I think Einstein probably said it best. The, the, he was religious, he said, in the sense that he could feel a sense of awe and wonder about the universe. Yeah, at this point, I no longer have to check when NASA's launching anything. I just check your feed. Oh, yeah. I'm always the, the rocket launches. And, and again, this is, this is what's funny about where it's such a weird balance between things. Like we've got, you know, look what you and I are doing right now. This is the right. Wi-Fi. I've got the Xbox fired up in the background. Um, keep that going. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm on my laptop here with you. Wi-Fi right. house. I've got my cell phone down here looking at the, uh, 
chat room. Sorry, been a long day. Um, <laughs> and as a dumb, you know, VO guy, I'm able to figure out with technology how to go out and and do things like do long exposure with the telescope tracking and to counteract the rotation of the Earth. All these things that are that are available to us, and yet. And it's an exciting time for the interactive world of video games and, and, and VR and film and all these animation is exploding again. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is going on, but we also kind of as a result are kind of like we're losing our connection to the, the, the bigger spectrum of things, the, the big world. And so that Neil deGrasse Tyson calls it cosmic perspective, but... Yeah. Going out and getting a chance at like, you know, even if you just go for a quick walk, I mean, even if you're in a light polluted city, you can go out on a night with a, with a mm-hmm. bright moon and just kind of take a look at that thing and realize it's not that it's moving, it's that we're spinning and you, you start kind of, yeah. start to realize, oh, I'm alive. I'm not just right. I'm not all these things and social media gets kind of in the way of a lot of that stuff too. So it's always mm-hmm. ironic that I share things on social media where I'm urging you to get out and go look up <laughs> as I'm doing it online. But Well, but that's where you have to go. I mean, uh, this is a weird analogy to make, but when the Sex Pistols toured the United States, they toured the South. He said, yeah. why do we need to bother with New York? Everybody loves us in New York. There's more to achieve by going where people may not hear what we have to say all the time. Yeah. If you post this stuff, Online, people may say, you know what? I'd like to go see that outside. Well, just open your door. And yes, if it's cold where you live, bundle up. Come on, you guys know how to do that. Don't give me excuses about it being cold. I will say this too. If you do, if anybody in the uh, the chat room, if anybody who, who sees this likes to... To give it a shot. I mean, like even, you know, the, the, the mobile phones are not great for taking night sky shots yet. The, the technology hasn't caught up yet. Um, but, a, but a decent entry-level DSLR camera will take a decent, um, and not even decent, but a good nightscape, you know, shot of the Milky Way or of anything like that. If you guys do this and just start messing with it, and it'll take years to get good and to learn things and to, to, to see if you want to save up to acquire more gear and all that. But if you take these shots and you do share it, tag me. Let me know. I've had a few friends kind of reach out. I've, I've, I've taken a few folks out in the field that, that, that they want to go learn. They realize, wow, we're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Five morning and it's kind of like there's bears out here. It's like, yeah, that kind of a thing. It's like, you go, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all part of it. But and, yeah. And then there are some people who do the opposite. They take uh, pictures of blades of grass, micro photography. I yeah. mean, incredibly detailed pictures of flower petals, bugs. So, yeah, if if outer space doesn't do it, inner space is right there. Yeah. Point your camera down at the blades of grass or a tree or something like that. You will get. Uh, I'm sure the technology for even phone cameras to get close-up shots is probably much better. Yeah. So yeah, I doubt it. But and it's funny because I literally my my calendar is alerting me to the fact that in uh, at five fifty three tonight the uh, International Space Station is passing over Los Angeles. So mm. <laughs> it's, that's how much of a geek I am. I set reminders and stuff, and that's another fun thing that that if, if you've never seen that there are, there's no shortage just look for I think NASA has it on their site you can literally put in your zip code or address and they will notify you when the International Space Station is going to be visible passing over your your area and that's something you'll never forget when you see that and you realize it's six humans a craft about the size of a football field going 18,000 miles yeah. an hour 250 miles up above us it's like and you can go outside and watch that with the naked eye there's nothing better 
that's something that kind of uh, I really had no idea that this was true. But this is something uh, Mary McGlynn, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, yeah. who's a an awesome director, also a really talented actress, voice actress. Yes. She posted something about um, how our galaxy is not just sitting in space. Our solar system is not just sitting in space. It is hurtling through space at I don't know what speed. So we're just we're all moving. You know, it isn't just the word. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of constant state of movement. Yes. Like I'm learning Spanish, but I learn it every day because I I am part of a Latin family now. I married Venezuelan. And so I have. Yeah. So, you know, estoy aprendiendo. You know, todos los días estoy practicando mi español. But you are learning a language. Practicando? Sí. Estoy uh, estoy practicar. Estoy practicar mi español. Practicar. Sí, pero, uh, you know, porque mi, uh, mi esposa es de Venezuela, Caracas, sí, sí. y uh, habla español demasiado rápido para mí entender. So I take it you speak some Spanish. Oh, you, Yeah, yeah, well, y yo también. High school, high school days. I, I uh, very little. The fact that you can remember that much just off high school is pretty amazing because uh, I, yeah. Well, we had, we had Nicholas Roy on last week who yeah. is, uh, it speaks excellent Spanish, obviously, and... Yeah. He rattled off a, uh, a basically a thank you in Spanish to uh, the Latin community and to just fans nice. in general. And I told him in Spanish, I think I understood like five words of that. You yeah, know, exactly. so yeah. But he he was very uh, appreciative that I try. Yeah, but I have to be like to all the Apex fans out there. Donde está el baño? <laughs> Donde está el Mozambique? <laughs> el Mozambique. Oh, allá. Gracias. No toques. No toques. No toques. Yeah. All right. See, look, you know more Spanish than you. Than you yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, Pathfinder in Spanish would be good. No toques. El Mozambique. Yeah, he would have no accent idea. Was it? He would have no idea. How to... Bamboozlement. <laughs> there you go. The, the bamboozle, huh? I just say pork chops in Spanish. <laughs> Hey, say, hey, Octane, I yeah. downloaded some Spanish. Listen, we speak perfectly. Como esta usted? Donde esta mi libro amarillo? <laughs> it's going to be a whole new yeah, thing now. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, now Razor Hale is saying it's bizarre. Well, welcome to the voice acting world, Razor Hale. You you're, you're one of the family now. There it goes. Yeah. Um, okay, so the language you're learning is uh i i love that it is uh it even has its own acronym it's just asl it's like i'm learning all right so roger is learning american sign language you must be relatively fluent in it by now not at all okay um, it will be a lifelong pursuit and okay what i'm running into is that because i'm just kind of going to like literally the burbank adult school Mm -hmm. um, which is like 10 week little courses you go for once a week for a couple hours a week it's just not enough okay Uh, and sadly, I've, I've done two quote-unquote semesters of it um, and was going back to literally go back and take the first semester over again this semester. Wow. And work started uh, happening. It was the, the only class I could sign up for was Thursday nights. Work kept conflicting with it. I kept missing stuff, and I got sick one week, and I thought, man, I'm already three weeks behind. And I said, forget it. I'll wait till the, the spring semester and go on a, on a Tuesday night. Uh, um but it's uh no it's a it's it's a fascinating it's a fascinating language and, and and 
much like if you're pursuing Spanish as well, like you begin to learn the culture of uh-huh. Spain. And, and and it's just been such a neat thing to sort of. Uh, that, speaking of Spanish culture, yeah, that's my. Who's <laughs> esposa? Yeah, mi esposa. Uh, hey. uh, yeah, um, uh, besamos uh, uh, todos yes. días, todos los días, sí. Um, yeah, that's Mrs. Pathfinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, I, I joked with her, um, like, me, as pale as I am, marrying her, and she's a woman of color. She's uh, black and Latina and uh, European. And don't hit me up for not saying African American. She calls herself black, not African American. That's her choice. And she doesn't say Latinx. I think she doesn't even know what the hell that means. She says, I'm black, I'm Latina, I'm European. But I look at her and I say, baby, thanks to what I've done, I'm going to uh, breed skin cancer out of our family in like two generations. <laughs> so, well yeah, done. yeah, well I, done. smart. But anyway, what led you to want to learn American Sign Language? I mean, was it just so, a challenge or you wanted to find a way to connect with people in your life that knew it? Yeah, it was um, it's, it's actually nobody that was that was directly in my life. But there were just a few little moments that had happened um, just like throughout life in fact i mean when i was in college there was a really pretty girl that was in my in one of my classes that's always how it starts exactly and she had a she had a cochlear implant okay um which is a bit of a controversial device in the deaf community it's a, it's a, it's a polarizing issue in a lot of ways okay but she was in that class and um there were a number of times where we would sort of you know chit chat here and there but it was very limited and then there was a time where after class I was trying to have more of an extended communication with her and at some point it was obvious and she just said I'm sorry like you know it's like it's it's too difficult um, and I remember thinking oh what a shame it's like there there, there was a, a potential for a connection with somebody um, even if it's non-romantic but just a chance to and it's because of my inability to do something to help to help me communicate with her and to help her understand what I'm trying to say I thought, man, that's that's uh, that's unfortunate. And then, literally, going back to 2013 um, at New York Comic Con, I'm at a voice acting panel, and down front is uh, an interpreter. And, and uh, there, there, there were, I would say, maybe five or six uh, deaf individuals that were there that were benefiting from this interpreter. Usually, they have a team of interpreters that'll kind of go every 20 minutes. They take a break um, and switch off, but. So it was fascinating as we were up on this this voiceover panel and and we were having fun with it and they were having fun with it, but I just remember thinking, what a trip! Like there's this whole there's this whole world that I work in that I can take for granted super easily, and I just the more that I would sit and think because I went back that night and I was just thinking about it for whatever reason it just kind of stuck with me that I was like what what an interesting thing to realize that I don't I wasn't thinking enough about is that those people without the benefit of that interpreter there this is an utterly silent auditorium the 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 footage that they're seeing the impact of the music the impact of the sound effects the impact of the vocal performance it's lost it's gone there's it's right not, and so i just really started thinking more about like i wonder what it would be like to to try to figure out if i could do this and so just on a literally on a whim uh, with no no one else really at the time, I had just signed up for class. Uh, lo and behold, uh, Victoria Atkin, who's a, an actor that we have worked with, that um, she was uh, from the Assassin's Creed franchise. We had a business meeting that was set up by my agent, and and she heard that I wanted to pursue this. I was trying to find some way of 
philanthropically working in appearance feeds or something at some of these conventions to see if we could help out anything, local deaf organizations, deaf charities, anything like that. She got excited about it, so she joined the class with me, and we would go, I think it was Monday nights, and you know, in Burbank, and we would just start learning American Sign Language. Right. Uh, so it was really, it's just, and, it, and then it became, what, what, what really happened was signing up and going, I don't know what this is going to be like, and then it unlocked um, the culture, and it unlocked this whole thing of, of really and truly, just like going out and looking at the stars, all of a sudden your, your universe expands quite literally. Yeah. That's what happened for me. So it just became something where I thought, yeah, and I just dig it. It, it activates a part of my brain that I, I have yet to, to show up to an ASL class and not leave in an absolutely just like excited, inspired, you know, mood. Um, and, uh, so it's, it's neat. And I've had a couple instances where I've been able to communicate. I was doing a Batman panel, um, at, uh, WonderCon, um, recently mm-hmm. for uh, the 80th, uh, 80th birthday celebration. And sure enough, there was an interpreter there. And I remember like, it was so funny. I'm on stage honored as can be to be a part of something like this. I'm sitting next to Diedrich. Uh, uh it, I, I'm, I'm just laughing. Like, like why am I here? Right. And yet, in my mind, I'm like fixated on this interpreter, mm-hmm. and I'm watching because I'm trying to I'm trying to pick up the words that I know, and the, and you know, and see how good I'm getting at understanding, you know, like reading uh, uh, or, or seeing the signs and all that. And as I got off stage, uh, we we went down front to take a photograph as a big group, and uh, as we walked by the interpreter, I was able to wave to uh, the two deaf girls that were down front. And they say, you know, hello, and I give them my name is, you know, and, and fingerspell my name, and then they, I'm learning, you know, ASL, and I say, I, I, I learn slow, and they were just... They, they must have loved, they loved that. it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I went, there it is. It's just, it's the, it's the simplest of things. It's the simplest of connections, and it was just such a brief little thing for me to say, you know, I'm learning, I am slow, uh, you know, uh, what... Is it nice to meet you? And, you know, thank you. And all these little things that you can do. That it, And it's just so neat to see all of a sudden another part of your world be positively affected and, and, and to kind of go, okay, this is neat. This is a neat thing. I'm, I want to pursue this. Yeah. The reason why I started learning Spanish again, it was before I met my wife. I took a little bit in high school, like everybody. And I uh-huh. took a little Italian in college. And I forgot all of it. And one night in L.A., uh, this guy at a light asked me to um, help him with directions, and he spoke no English. It was only oh, Spanish. Nice. Yeah, and he was uh, like a delivery driver, and he needed to find out how to get to the airport, and I at least understood that much of him, and I did not know enough Spanish to give him simple directions to the airport. And the 405, which is our major highway, was right there, and I could not articulate in Spanish something as simple as directions. And I thought... I, we finally got someone on the phone that could do it for him. And yeah. I drove away from there thinking, there's no excuse. I live in, an, uh, in a city where literally more people speak Spanish than English. Yeah. There is no yeah. excuse for me not learning something. So I started yeah. using Rosetta Stone. And nice. I, I at least learned enough where, and now thanks to you know speaking with my wife for years now, I could give directions in, That's cool. in Spanish. Not very good ones, but I could help that guy make it to the airport. So, A la derecha is uh, to the right. To the right, and uh, izquierda is left, and uh, derecho izquierda. is, yeah, sigue derecho is straight. And uh, uno, dos miles, uh, I think that smile, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah, so it's, it's you know, it's, it's basic, but it's functional. 
So and now, thankfully, you could in Spanish tell him just stay off the four hundred five. Yeah, dude. Don't want to ever be on the four hundred five? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> señor, amigo, compañero. Tú tienes, uh, tú tienes, tú tienes yeah. Sí, surface street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Con Yeah, cuidadito. Compañero, cuidadito. That's more Cuban. But anyway, do you feel that there is a misconception about either you personally or just voice acting in general that people commonly have that you find that you constantly have to address? There's, I mean, we've all gotten the question, um, from somebody who's unaware and it's like, you got to be gentle with it. They're unaware right. of what you do. They see, they see a cartoon right. in its finished form mm-hmm. that's clean and funny and punchy and it lasts 22 minutes or 11 minutes. And it's like, there it is. So it's like, I mean, they don't, they just look at that as like, well, that's simple. Yeah. Uh, and so very often the question that we get as voice actors is, have you ever thought about doing any real acting? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. which is always kind of like there's it, after a while you just go like really what do you think I'm doing behind that microphone like it's I not, know it's not reading out loud and it's you know we uh, many of us have taken a lot of the same acting classes as any on camera performer we've done improv you and I've done stand up comedy I studied music I you know it's like musical theater as a kid like all the it's like acting is act that yeah the tools that we utilize to do it are, are different and it's funny to me very often I, I find people who have been just pure on-camera actors come to a voiceover booth and they really struggle because right. they, they have a hard time going but I'm not in a costume and there's no camera for me to perform to and I can't move and I have to you know this right here I have a medical bracelet on that's jingling and I can't I have to take stuff like that off to go into a booth like all the things like we dress casually because it makes every every element of, of the world of entertainment involves different different things that we have to, to, to do and utilize. And so when people think that what we're doing isn't acting, um, and especially now, uh, I mean, obviously with Mirage, I'm, I'm kind of there as like almost comedic effect and whatnot, but it's like, there's still in, in game stuff that we don't want to be silly when, when the stakes are as high as they are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so it's acting, it's acting's acting and, and cartoons are great. It's, it's a big broad style of acting and it's over the top often and it's silly. But now in the world of interactive, I mean, look at death stranding. I mean, that's not like, how is that not just anything that anybody else is not, not doing on, on a network TV show or on some Netflix show. So I don't know. The idea that it's not real acting is something that I, I, I come across from time to time with people who don't understand what we do. But I also look at it and I go, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, there's nothing funnier than when somebody, if I'm sitting on a plane and somebody sits down and says, what do you do? Almost nine times out of ten, I'm going to go, I'm a teacher. Oh, really? <laughs> nobody, nobody asks. Yeah. Go, That's great. You go, yeah, third grade. I love the little buggers. You know, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... But if I if I do say oh I work I you know I'll 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 posture it with like I work in production. Oh really? Because and then if somebody goes oh interesting okay yeah I, I've got a friend who works what do you do in production? I go well I I record voices I'm I'm a I'm a voice actor I do voices for TV shows cartoons video right. games all that stuff and usually the next question is anything I would have heard of and yeah. that's where I go this is where you're not going to believe me because I might work five days a week. 
But if I if you're 63 and have never heard of Apex Legends, I can tell you that I'm in one of the biggest games on earth, and it doesn't matter to you. And then right. the next question is always, what do you do to pay the bills? So it's like it, it's just still we're we're still up against that. That's uh, yeah, that, but that's our side of the entertainment industry. That's funny because I'll tell anyone who asks me, so what do you do? I'm a voice actor. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll I'll never even try to cover it. And yeah, and then I'll get the the questions like, oh, anything I might have heard. Yeah, I'll always uh, be willing to qualify whatever it is I do because at least that one person might walk away with a different idea. Yeah, yeah. well, and it's funny too because people will very often ask you to do. This is when I talk about like the tools of the trade. Like, um, yeah, there's there's technique. I mean, there's techniques that we use for for working the microphone and and yeah, adjusting the gain and doing different things proximity wise and all this stuff that helps you conjure up the different characters that you might be using. Right. It, when, like, there's nothing funnier at a loud convention when somebody asks me to do a line as Batman or something like that, and I just say like, you know, that's funny. And I and they're like, I can't hear it. And I go, I know because I can't project. Right. That three, I, I'm sitting in front of a three thousand dollar microphone that you know that picks up my chest resonance in the deep, yeah. you know, baritone tone, and it's like I uh, doing that right now while I'm up here trying to yell at you. I sound more like Sonic than I get. It's like they, they, there's all these things that go into it, and it's like there's nothing funnier than watching somebody get real disappointed when they go, oh, it sounds different. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, because I'm not animated right now, and I'm like, right, I'm sitting in an airport lounge with you. <laughs> it's like. Now, I know that you don't typically do a lot of conventions. That's something that you sort of reserve just a few times a year to hit those. Yeah, I would say maybe two or three at the most. Okay, yeah. So if you live in a town that has a convention, you can always ask for Roger Craig Smith. Yeah, by, by all means. You know, if, if there are enough requests, they would probably bend over backwards to bring you and make it worth your while. So it's up to you. I'm starting to look into it more, but that's because I don't like to be away from my family at all. I'm the same way. Yeah. I covet my weekends and it's like, and, and with, with, with all respect to, to folks that have said like, how come you've never come out here? That kind of thing. It's, you would be shocked at how many times a convention lands on the weekend of a new moon. <laughs> ah. so I, I literally, I have a convention booker uh, who will book me on conventions and I will have to like give him a schedule for the year going, all right, not going to go to that one. I can't, if they, if they ask, just tell them, no, nah, he's, he's gone. It's like, I gotta be, I gotta be under the dark skies. I can't, uh, I think you could have a very interesting contract writer. All right, but this is the kind of telescope that I need to have in my hotel room. Yeah, there you go. And by the way, it has to be at least on the ninth floor or higher. Travel and vocal fatigue. Um, I mean, I've had a day of, of kind of yelling here and there. And and so, you know, do something like this and then get on a phone call with a family member or something. Like, even then, like, I, I feel it. I go, I got to, I just got to, hey, I got to go to bed. Yeah. Uh, and get my rest so I can go and be ready to work for somebody the next day. And doing conventions, you do a ton of talking. Yeah. Usually you do a, do a ton of handshaking. You fly, you get sick, you have all these things that happen. And it, it in the name of going out and meeting fans and, and, hopefully making money on a weekend, that kind of thing. In the, you come back and you can't work for a week. And it's like, yeah. I've just, I've thought, man, I, I don't know that I want to do that. I think I'm going to stick with, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of pick and pick and choose a few here and there that are willing to work with me on schedules and things like that. But it's, it's taxing on the voice, taxing to travel. And you, you, you give up an entire, you know, four days, usually by the time you're traveling out, getting there, 
couple of nights and then uh, you know traveling the back. It's 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 exhausting to me. Oh yeah, what do they call it? Con crud, I think. Con crud, yeah, the con funk, con crud, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is the sickness that we come back with very often. Usually, it's, you know, yeah. I, I cannot tell you how many times you come back from uh, Comic Con or anything like that. And you hear people going, "Hi, oh, I this whole, yeah, I was sneezing all last night." Like you got the con funk. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's a lot of preventative maintenance that uh, we do. Mainly for me, it's hydrating more than anything else. You and see me um, here, like talking to you, just grabbing the water bottle over and over again. Yeah, I'm I'm polishing off yeah. a glass here myself. Uh, I don't know how many glasses I go through in a day. Just just in general, probably uh, uh, 72, 80 ounces of water a day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait. Chuletas. Chuletas? Oh, chuletas. Okay. Uh, me encanto? Encanto love? Uh, me encanta. Me encanta. Me encanta chuletas. Sí. Or me encantan, because chuletas, it's plural. <laughs> me encantan chuletas. Me encantan chuletas. <laughs> chuletas de mirage. <laughs> Is there uh, any project that you want people to look out for that you've got coming that you're allowed to speak of? No, but I will say that uh, the folks at Respawn uh, are always working on something with this, and they definitely show no signs of uh, slowing nope. down. So Every I, season, yeah. I think we know there's good stuff afoot, so yeah, uh, yeah. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, it's gonna be a good. It's gonna be a good closeout to the year. It's gonna be a very interesting 2020. Yeah, I believe the uh, president of EA said that they want to be uh, with Apex Legends for the next ten years. So perfect, good. There you go. That right up to your retirement and mine, I think. Perfect. Um, and then, uh, then yeah, we. That's how I'll see myself off into the sunset. Knock on wood. Yeah, exactly. Can people find you on Instagram and Twitter? Would you like Instagram them to? Instagram and Twitter. They're they're both just at Roger Craig Smith. It's just my full name. All okay. Word R O G E R C R A G Smith, and uh, that's that's about it. I got rid of Facebook a while back, and very much more active on Twitter than I am. On Instagram. Okay. So it's my preferred medium. Instagram is so good for photos, though. You know what? It is and it isn't. The way you got to crop things and the, and and trying to share full res and the fact that you can't really, like, you, you zoom. It's like, I actually find it, it's, you know what's funny? I heard something recently. Somebody said, like, oh, yeah, this is, a, it brings up uh, questions of, like, demographics and ageism. We're saying, why don't they allow for landscape, you know, uh, viewing of things in Instagram? And uh, they were saying, oh, they, they like to keep their demographics at a certain age range and the small fonts hmm. and keeping things small means yeah. that the people who are getting older and having a harder time seeing smaller things, they just get off of it eventually. And I thought, oh, how fascinating. Because from a marketing perspective, that's their, that's their thought on it. So I actually prefer... Twitter for my photography more than I do um, more than I do Instagram just because you can tilt that thing over to a 16 by 9 which is the format that we're all accustomed to. I mean, you know we look at these screens the TV screens all that stuff it's like that's that's what we're accustomed to and yet Instagram doesn't let you do it so I, I, I'm more frustrated by that with it being the photo sharing thing I mean yeah it's quick it's easy get on there boom 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 but I like Twitter first more than I do that Mr. Video Freak yeah I've mentioned this before uh, Roger, would you go to an Apex Legends voice actors LAN party? Uh, I have said, you know what I want to do? Because uh, the, besides Johnny and me, I don't think anyone else in the cast games at all. 
I don't. Oh, I, I'm game. I oh, you do. Okay. At it. Yeah. All right. Well, join the club. Um, yeah. But I said, you know what we need to do is get together a party, invite whatever legends want to come, and we jump in. We get a couple of Xboxes and we jump in and just. Um, you know, surprise people, not troll. That'd be fun. Yeah, because I've yeah, done that. Not trolling. Yeah, not trolling. I mean, you know, it's a, uh, that's the Razor Hail does that better than we could anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, you know, like what I do is I have a couple of videos of it. I'm gently revealing the fact that, yes, you're playing with the actual voice of Pathfinder and people kind of tend to freak out. But that's cool. It's 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 in a fun way. But, you know, we might have a little bit of fun with that. It, you know, I think maybe I'll have to provide some booze. Um, you know, just to, that'll make it even more fun. Yeah, drunk Pathfinder, drunk Mirage. But um, <laughs> I don't know if I can ever logistically get that together. I make no promises, but I will try. And then Roger can decide whether or not the right moon is out, so whether or not there he can exactly. make it. Yeah, as long as it's not on a new moon weekend, we're good, man. Okay, gotcha. All right, that's the best answer I got for you so far. Also, can you say ding dong? This is the right apartment for Hot Chick Five Twenty Nine. Pretty please, thanks. Well, it's all there on the chat for you, Roger. It's up to you. Up to you. Uh, ding dong. This is the right apartment for Hot Chick 529. I'm going to say it like that because I'm sure you don't want 529. It just gets kind of confusing. So. <laughs> Stim and Arshio uh, and Spartithi and Alex, I know, want you to say this. If you could, as Mirage, can you say, never give up, never give in? Uh, we've all said this. I think Octane said it. I said it. I think this is a very special quote for them. Okay, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> see. Uh yeah, uh never get uh never never uh um it's never never but you're never never gonna get um never never give it up never give it I'm gonna never gonna give you up never gonna let you down we're gonna turn around and for, wait no uh I don't know I give up wait no never give up never give in never give up never give in what what was the line again I think it's never give up never give in Mirage never give never give never give uh never gonna give you up. We're going to let you... Right, cool. Yeah, anyway, pork chops. <laughs> hey, you said to say it as Mirage. So there you go. He did. Kearney Ravenstorm has a serious question. Does the voice actor for Bloodhound really sound like that, or was it generated or something? That sounds really darn hard to do. I'd love to mess with you and say, no, that's what she actually sounds like, but no. Um, that is uh, the lovely and talented Allegra Clark, who can do the accent. That's her accent. Oh, yeah. But they have pitched her way down. You would definitely hear her in in just the tone, the delivery, the inflection, and the right. accent. Right. But yeah, no, that's that's they're fussing with that stuff in post. Yes. Uh, yes. Like for Mirage, I don't think they do anything for you. For Pathfinder, exactly. they sweeten him electronically so he sounds a little robotic. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Uh, just like you can hear Pathfinder in you right yes. now. Yes. To hear Allegra do it, you're like, there it is. You yeah. Right away. Exactly. And if you guys want, there's a YouTube video of all of us being interviewed for the game. And uh, it's basically an interview of everybody talking about the character and how they came about it. And, and um, yeah, so that, that can give you a little bit of behind the scenes information. Uh, it'd be hilarious to hear you guys playing on a PS4. I use an Xbox. Uh, I think uh, Roger uses I've an got Xbox. Both, and it's okay. Like, for whatever reason, I'm like, you know, I, I'm an Xbox guy. I just happened. Me too. I've yeah. Got both, but I'm and I'm sure I'll try to get a PS5 when it comes out. <clears throat> All right. But I, I don't know why. <laughs> it's like I don't. I never use it. I, I uh, there'll be like one game every now and then. I'm like, I've got to go get that. I got to go play that on that. But it's rare. I hear you. 
Uh, Jungle Scott 54, do you have any tips on creating or finding a soundproof room? This is something I have the most trouble with right now with my voice work. Um, Roger's experience may be different, but I have uh, VO notes. If you go to my uh, YouTube right there, I've got a little series of videos where I talk about different little VO things. You don't need a soundproof room. If you have 40 bucks, you can go to Amazon and buy a fabric box with sound foam in it and shove your mic in there. Boom. It sounds as good as this $3,500 booth I have behind me, which you can't see because of the green screen. There are so many ways around it. If you have a closet with clothes hanging and you it's a walk-in and you have um, carpet on the floor, it's going to sound just about as good as any studio. Yeah. I mean, to this day, I, I agree. To this day, and you got to remember that at the, at the end of the day, the finished product, it doesn't matter what it looks like, what the, what the studio looks like that you were recording in. Right. If the finished product sounds clean, mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten, they're throwing it under music and sound effects or something like that. It's like it doesn't have to be, you know, you know pin drop pristine. Um, th- I mean, some of the earliest things I was I lived in a traffic circle down in the city of Orange, California, they have this historic area, and there's an area called the the Orange Circle is what it's known as, but it's literally the Orange Plaza. And it's a traffic circle. It's a rare, one of those rare traffic circles that exists in the U.S. Right. Um, and I lived in the corner, in a corner apartment right above it, and so I had traffic all day long, and I re- would record narration for yard crashers at the time and house crashers on a cheap $125 uh, microphone from Guitar Center that I plugged directly into the eighth inch, you know, little stereo input, you know, jack at the at the back of a Dell computer and would shove the clothing in the closet to the back. I had an old uh, drummer's throne, a drum stool that I would put down in that closet. I went down to the Walmart and bought a, a mattress topper of like one inch thick bed foam and just curled it around the back of that closet put the microphone in there. I have to wait every now and then for a bus to drive by or a Harley to go through the traffic circle. I'd record, I'd edit it. I'd email them uh, an MP3 and get paid. Gotcha. Down and dirty. And it's like, it doesn't to this day, I still have to stop for helicopters and stuff and occasional police siren and that kind of thing. But, um, my office is a large bedroom. That's just, I literally just bought sound panels and put up, you know everything that I could to to make it as quiet on the inside of that room and to try to keep as much noise out, but it's not soundproof by any stroke. Don't feel like you're missing out because you don't have a no. proper looking. You know that it's because I've also been into some very prominent and you know high end locations in Los Angeles. We got to stop because a bus is idling out on the the street. It's yeah, like, you know I mean that. That's at a big, expensive studio for a video game, you know, and, and you just think like, oh, if people only knew. One of the, the, the coolest stories I've had was at doing promos at CBS, and at one point I thought we were having an earthquake. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, because we're, we're in this little underground bunker, and all of a sudden this low rumbling is happening, and it's like, and I'm hearing it because the, the microphones pick up frequencies that we know yeah. we wouldn't with our, you know, with our regular ears, and then they amplify it through these really nice headphones, and all of a sudden I'm hearing this. Like rumbling sound, and I'm like, "What is going?" And they go, "Oh, oh, um, it's uh, Price is Right's going on upstairs, and it's the showcase." <laughs> going 
they're cranking and turning the wheel and I'm like, oh, are you serious? Like, that's right up there. They're like, yeah, yeah. And you can watch them load it in and load it out and stuff. And it was like, oh, that's awesome. Showcase showdown wheel that was creating an earthquake. Here's a question from Silver Autumn. I'm way back on the chat here. Does Roger oh, play Apex? If you play Apex, what is your favorite weapon and non-Mirage character? So I started off on that launch weekend to try and play Apex, and I was so lousy at it that I have like not gone back to it since. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like I'm so intimidated. All I do now is I watch, I watch all the clips of like all the main like hardcore players that are out there, and I just yeah. I will never I I literally watch this stuff, and I feel like Brooks from Shawshank Redemption when it, yeah when he gets out. Yeah, he's like, the world went and got itself so in a big real big hurry, yeah. And I'm like, I watch this stuff, and I go, A, I don't have a gaming PC or anything like that that would that would give me even a slight competitive edge. Right. And so I I just look at it and go, man, that's that's incredible. I know there will come a weekend, it will very, maybe over the Christmas break, uh, sorry, the holiday break, where I might find myself uh, trying to fire it up and go, hey, let me sit down, I can't. If you last more than All 30 right. seconds. Let me tell you, um, the first five or six videos I put up on YouTube and on Reddit were of me being unconscionably bad. Like to the point where I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to continue this, but I really wanted to document it because I realized the videos were hysterical because of how bad I was. It's like even people would say, aren't you supposed to be good at this game because you do the voice? It's like, it doesn't quite work that way. If you choose to get in, hit me up, and we'll uh, I'll take you through some games. And um, okay. I won't stream it. I won't stream it. We can do it all clandestine. <laughs> Maybe, well, you know what? That might be worth streaming. Mirage and Pathfinder, both of them horrible. But it it would be, um, well, the entertainment value alone yes. would be off the charts. So I it would be short videos because it would just be me incessantly rage quitting. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. There's every yeah. I press the B button. I press the B button. Yes. Trust me. Uh, you're just running along. And you're thinking I'm actually doing good this game, and then a shot rings out, and then yeah, exactly squad eliminated. Yeah. So all right. Well, you know what? Let's let's talk over Christmas then. Maybe we'll make that happen. Roger, have you ever tried the pork chops? There is a recipe. For Mirage's pork chops online. I saw that, and that looked very suspect to me. There were there were elements of that that I wasn't quite so sure about. Has anybody else tried them? Are they are they good? Yeah, has anyone tried it? Uh, was it maybe. binging with Babish cook that? Okay, no. Uh, so good. What was the? There was something. I just did something. I just cooked. I slow cooked a bunch of chicken thighs in like soy sauce, ketchup, garlic, and basil. Oh, there was some other and maybe lemon juice just like that. And I thought it went in, and I was like smelling the sauce. I'm like ketchup and soy this sauce and garlic. I'm like this, this, this. And I'm telling you, so I mean, it was basically barbecue sauce. It's just like a version of barbecue okay. sauce, but it was so good. And I remember thinking like some of the ingredients in that um, in that that version that they were looking at with uh, with those the, the Mirage pork chops recipe that that seemed suspect to me. That for all I know, I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm going to make a prediction. If you make a video of you as Mirage or just Roger Craig Smith trying the pork chops, there you go. guaranteed 1 million views on YouTube. Guaranteed. Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> Okay, as a voice actor for Apex Legends, do the backstories interest you as voice actors for the character and or influence how you produce their sound or interest you in general? Uh, speaking for me, yeah, I mean, every voice actor is going to tell you that um, 
a backstory never hurts. I, I've never heard a voice actor say, I don't want to know anything about this guy. It's like, you kind of need to know something. You need to know where to start. So, yes, I'm interested in Pathfinder's whole journey. You know, he's looking for his creator. You don't always have to be utterly robotic. There's a little bit of humanity in, in, um, in Pathfinder. And Mirage, obviously, his cockiness is covering something. What's yeah. the what's the backstory? So, so there's yeah, I, I would I would agree. Um, sometimes it's cart before the horse where we go into certain projects and we don't know that stuff, and and a lot of times it makes it does make it a little more difficult because you you might find out something later and you go oh okay I would have I would have interpreted this differently. But sometimes we can't find that stuff out just because of NDAs and right. Sure that we you know, and sometimes they don't know if something's going to go or you know. So so a lot of a lot of the stuff that they have planned might not even see the light of day until something is is out. The proof of concept works, but the backstory always helps. It helps you kind of understand a little bit more in areas where there might be some wounding behind the line or, you know, or a little bit of, you know, he's trying to cover up something. So, and what's so funny about our industry too, is that I'd love to be able to tell you specific stuff about Mirage, but I don't remember what's been recorded, what hasn't been recorded, what's been been released. And so usually we, I just play dumb and go, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I think Razor Hale had a question. He's asking you, Roger, because it was asked because they thought that he was you. Uh, oh, does does yeah, does respawn give you free apex packs? Apex packs? No. no, no, I don't. I don't think we get free apex. Yeah, packs. I got this. I got that. This shirt. Go. That's what I got. Um, I've never asked for anything free anyway. But uh, yeah, that's what we get. We don't get a bunch of free stuff. Yeah, so. it's actually that doesn't. And I, I mean, that really doesn't. It's rare. It's rare if you even get a copy of the game. Um, and now, granted, yeah. this is free to play. Right. It, it's rare that if you're even in a game that, that they send you a copy or send a copy to your agency or that kind of thing. It's just the industry just, I don't think it, I think people think that it's just, that it works that way. And I can tell you. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mation has a question. Has there ever been a time where either you or Roger has said anything about upcoming projects or events where you got in trouble? Uh, I've never gotten in trouble, but there was a time, this is a long time ago. This was around 04, 05, I think. No, probably 04. I worked on Final Fantasy, I think, 7, where I played Sid Highwind. Well, basically, I was we were just the English-speaking cast. So yeah. this was a theatrical release of a movie, and I was Sid, and I went on IMDb and put my name up as Sid because it hadn't been done yet. And I thought, yeah, let me go ahead and do this. And this was early days of IMDb, and I thought, yeah, this would be cool. I'll put the credit up there. I got a call from my agent like a day later, two days later. Did you put your name up as Sid? I said, well, yeah, we've already recorded, right? I hear that the the movie's been announced. And they said, yeah, but they didn't announce the cast yet. It's an official thing you have to do. And I said, oh, okay, well, it's just IMDb. Nobody cares about that, right? And she goes, no, they do. And I thought, all right, fine, I'll take it down. What's the big deal? There was a 14-page chat room that had already started up like, who is Chris Edgerly? What, yeah. How is he qualified to be Sid? They dug yeah. up my old demo and put yeah. that online. They dug up my old stand-up headshot and said, oh. this is what he looks like. And that, like, by the way, that picture is seven years old. That's what he looks like. This is what he sounds like. He's doing an orange juice commercial. Sid Highwind doesn't do orange juice commercials. Orange and juice I, commercials? Thought, yeah. I thought, I am never 
going to jump the gun again because it yeah that was my experience i don't know if anything like that had ever happened to you i've not thankfully like i don't know i'm trying to think there's nothing that's ever really i mean even recently i did something jokingly about i mean i was literally in a in a session with a director and an engineer working on a session and they were explaining the project to me and i laughed and they were like yeah obviously it's you know, nothing's announced, and I was having to go, oh, should I not have been live-tweeting this whole thing? And they're laughing. And get, <laughs> I, I go into the booth, and, uh, you know, I start pantomiming, like I'm holding up my camera, going, what's up, Facebook Live? I'm here in the booth right now. Recording for the-. And then I, I just, you know, we're all laughing about all these different stories and stuff, and I go, you know what, I, I'm going to tweet about this right now. I'm going to tweet about this right now. I was like, pull out your phones. So I tweet this, this thing out where I say... It's so, like, I'm so bummed to not be working on anything that I can't talk about right now because of an NDA that I assure you, you know, is, is for a project that doesn't exist and also is not a video game. And so I, I tweet this generic thing out. I think I remember that tweet. About me not doing... And then because of the people who responded, the Batman fans thought that I was confirming my involvement in an upcoming Batman game. <laughs> And the Sonic fans all assume I, I was talking about the upcoming Sonic video game. And I'm like, the upcoming Sonic video game? What has been announced? There's nothing. Like, there's nothing. Like, everybody just, like, glommed on with their little thing and started taking it and going crazy with it. I just thought, how funny. And, and to the point where, you know, I was hearing people say, like, oh, yeah, they were, they, were, they were having some meetings. And I'm like, over what? I'm like, I said nothing about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and the people, they, they projected onto it. So it's funny. It's like, and I actually, I play dumb every single time now just because I'm like I don't remember what's been recorded or when it's when it was done and I have you never really think um, we were doing press in 2013 and one of my uh, co-workers um, said well when we found out about it the code name on the project was this and said the code name for the project and nobody would have thought anything of it but we get done with the interview and the the folks from the production staff are like no no no, no. don't ever don't ever give the code names because the fans <laughs> figure out they know. what the code names are and then they they go and they find stuff online you know it's just like it's just hilarious it's like yeah dr pap wants to know what was a piece of advice someone gave you in your voice acting career that really helped you out it's yeah it's no one single piece of advice that helped me i i've gotten tons of great advice from lots of different actors i tend to go with my gut on a lot of this stuff uh i don't know if my booking ratio (laughs) bears out this approach but i like to grip it and rip it i do not like to over prepare anything i lose spontaneity when i do that and uh i don't know if that was a piece of advice anyone ever gave me i sort of found my way to that but i certainly wouldn't i would never tell anyone to do that if that's not their style so anyone who's ever told me to prepare has never been wrong i'll say that probably the best advice i ever got was while at film school uh mary steenburgen and i'm gonna drop name drop mary steenburgen and ted danson came down and did this thing with us and it was really neat Took all of us. Well, we took, took them out as a part of this. This was our, our final broadcast of this like variety show that we were doing, and um, I finally got a chance to to sit down next to Miss Steenburgen, and and I said, hey, I, she had a background as a comedic character actor, and she was in all these improv troops and stuff, and like she loves comedy, but we don't really know her as a comedic actor, right? And uh, and so I, but it was funny to hear her talk about all this comedy. She wanted to do comedy, wanted to do comedy, all that stuff. Um, and so I sat down next to her 
and said, hey, I just want to get, you know, I want to pick your brain on something. I said, I, I you know, I'm, I'm graduating. I'm thinking about, um, you know, what I really want to pursue is comedic character acting. And, I'm, and she goes, oh, she interrupts me. And she goes, oh, sweetheart, you don't get to choose. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, what? You know, I, I'm like, but my dreams. And she goes, you really don't get to choose right now. She said, if you're breaking in, you're, you're wanting to do this. She goes, she goes, I'm looking at your appearance. You might be somebody they think is going to be a really good bully. She mm-hmm. goes, so if you're going to be a bully character um, and the industry starts to see you as that and you do really well at that, she goes, you're going to be happy. If you start booking gigs in, in, in the vein of something that the industry sees in you, she goes, you'll be happy and you will hopefully take that all the way to the bank and that you'll then use, if you're smart, you, you invest wisely and you, you take that and put it into something that helps fuel your passion. If your passion is comedic character acting, go join a comedy troupe. Go join this. Go do the thing that you love but you thinking that you're going to enter into this and going to steer it, you know, she said, it's not, not really that way. And, and I would argue it's like, there's, there's roles that, you know, I mean, I'm sure tons of roles that we'd all love to be, but sometimes you're never even going to be on the list of, of people who would be considered for it because they don't hear you in our line of work. They might not hear you in that way, or they might just not, they just, or they see you and they go, he couldn't do that. Like, yeah. It doesn't sell orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> A bit of advice. It actually helped me out. This happened to me as far as not getting to choose. Uh, I auditioned for and booked the part of Harry S. Truman for Oliver Stone's documentary series. Yeah. This was years ago. Yeah. And I show up to be Harry S. Truman and I don't, you know, and this was, you know, probably six, seven years ago, more than that. And I look even less like Harry S. Truman then than I do now. And I show up and Oliver Stone's actually there to direct it. And he looks at me and he says, you're my Truman. I said, yeah. And he just looks at me and I thought, I'm fired. I'm yeah. fired. There's, he yeah. he doesn't work with voice actors. Voice actors he's he's yeah. used to people looking like the part they're playing, yeah. or at least going through makeup. And I thought I'm I'm so fired. And he goes, "Okay, come on." And he looked at his assistant and said, "We okayed his audition, right?" And I thought, "I, I am love- I am so fired. I am yeah. so." He's not even waiting till I'm out of the room. It's like yeah. I am so fired. But no, he said he credit to him. He said, "Okay." He had me do it a couple of times, and I could see that look like, "Oh." And in, inside, I'm thinking, well, that's what we do, you know. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, it doesn't matter how I sound when I show up. I'm going to do the voice now and you'll yeah. see it. So if if um, if that was the one time where I thought, you know what, if he could have seen the actors give the audition, I would not have been cast. Yeah. It would not have happened. So, but that's also the beauty of voiceover for people yeah. that are up there and feel like they don't. It's like, you know, I've, I've played roles that I, I, I'm, you know, I don't look like anything close to the characters that I've played and yet the whole that's the beauty of it it's like the ultimate theater of the mind you know approach to acting where it's like look if, you, if you've got range and you can sound like different characters and do different accents and do different things you know with your body that contort it in a way that can make a weird sound out of your throat it's like that's that you can you can book you know you, you're going to be considered for far more roles than if you just went the on-camera route. Because yeah. the on-camera thing is like, it's based upon, I mean, I've had producer friends go, we know 30 seconds when you walk in the room if we're even going to consider you. Yeah. You, you work inside your mouth. Yeah. Like we, if, Roger, if we've cast a six foot three woman to be your girlfriend in this show and you're five foot five and you walk in, they're like, you're not even on our list, but you might be brilliant, but yeah. you just not work for the casting. Right. If I can sound six foot five, <laughs> then uh, you might be. Of course. Yep. 
Cheater Cheater keeps asking, is there a voice that we do that uh, is a surprising voice, and can you do them now? I guess the question is, is there a voice that people can't believe comes out of you? Percy on Clarence, and I'll see if I... And it was like the, every session for Percy was like if I had to scream or do animation the day before, I was, I was yeah. Always, but that's not even as high as I tried to get him. But um, Percy maybe. And then the one that the, my favorite voice to do that that I think is surprising usually for some people it's just because it, it surprised the director and, and I surprised myself that day. And I was said we're gonna get um, Jesse Ventura to do this. Okay. And he said. Could you do Jesse Ventura for Scratch for the for the All right. for the session? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And in my in my mind, I went back to like being a kid, growing up with pro wrestling, and I, and for whatever reason, my brain went to the image of Randy the Macho Man Savage. Oh yeah. So I started doing it. Oh yeah. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, you know, snap into his limb. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's, not, that's not the guy. And he goes, yeah. And I go, oh, the governor. And I was like, ah, the governor of Minnesota. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like JG looks at me, and, and I'm looking at him, and and uh, Chris, our director, she goes, "I have no idea you could do that." And I was like, "I didn't know either." Let's roll. <laughs> and it was like, all of a sudden, that became Frank from Chopper Six on regular show. That's awesome. Uh, and that was, and it's like, it's just a fun because for whatever reason, that doesn't hurt my voice. If you can believe that, it doesn't. It, wow. It just became this. That's just the luck of like a vocal register thing. And so, yeah, I would say Jesse Ventura impression. Okay. My favorite surprise. Yeah, because, yeah, like for me, it's the one I did earlier is Peter Potamus. People don't believe mm-hmm. that, that that voice comes out of me. And exactly. it's just, yeah, you just start climbing up the ladder and then you start doing this <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> but, but. Cheater is saying, what about a normal voice that no one will believe? Well, the fact that it's a normal voice means that it's kind of believable. But I guess along the lines of what uh, Roger was talking about, I voice matched Ricky Jay. He passed away, uh, I guess, at the beginning of the year, and um, they needed to voice match him for um, the TV show he was on. So they needed to voice match him for a couple of episodes. I had never, I was a fan of Ricky Jay's acting. I'd seen him in a lot of movies. He's in Boogie Nights and a lot of David Mamet movies. But I had no idea that there was a way to actually mimic him because there kind of isn't. But they, as we do with voice matching, they play the footage and I think, oh, well, okay, I can do that. And and so before I knew it, I was sort of talking like Ricky Jay for this one scene and this one time and and I had a way of just sort of matching what he was doing and but it's not an impression you can do as part of your act because people don't know that's the thing yeah it's this weird technically precise thing that you do and I yes so now apparently I can do a Ricky J may he rest in peace I would have never known that That's cool. Yeah. So that's that's the job a lot of the times, doing somebody that you never even thought about doing, but they send you a yeah. clip and you say, okay, all right, I guess I can do them. So, yeah. yeah. But it's also it's also rare. I think a lot of people, a lot of people, voice actors kind of come on to the, and especially now with the internet and that kind of thing, a lot of, there's a lot of people who go out and this is not, I'm not trying to, to, to dig a rip on anybody. It's like, there's a lot of people who go out and, and put out like impression reels. Yeah. Where they do a whole bunch of different impressions. Right. And it's always, and it's, and it's cool. But where I, 
and and I've had situations where I'm like, I'm going to be working with that guy someday, I'm sure. And then you find out that that you hear from somebody, you go, yeah, we brought him in, and they couldn't act. Couldn't, yeah, couldn't conjure up anything other like they just kept doing impressions, right? Of of like celebrities, and they're like, but we don't need the celebrity on the show, like yeah, like we can't use that voice for this because it sounds exactly like the celebrity, yeah. and that's going to throw people off. For, could you conjure up another character and they kind of struggle with it? Well, you know? I had a friend ask me, why don't you do one of those? Why don't you do oh, one of those? And then, yeah. yeah. That was the point. They, and I all do impressions. Yeah. And I look, yeah. I said, look, I started my career in stand up and I used to do like 25 impressions in five minutes. And it's a parlor trick. It's really yeah. fun and cool. And the audience loved it. But I thought I can't go anywhere else with that. Yeah. And I kind of got tired of doing it. But so many people were asking. I finally said, okay, here. And so I decided I'll put together a reel. And it'll be like a lot of strange ones. And some you know, some you may not know. And I just thought, all right, boom, 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 boom. Here they are. And I didn't do it all in one take. Because I also thought, that's another parlor trick. And, I, you know, there are jobs where I guess you might have to go from uh, two or three voices on the course of one page. I've had to do that before. But the bottom line is, is that if you're somebody on YouTube doing one of these reels, it's really impressive. Get a ton of views for it and monetize those views. Do that. Make your money that way. Because if you meet a voice, uh, if you made a voiceover agent, here's what they're going to do. This is for the benefit of anyone thinking about it. They're going to listen to your reel. And if you can do 50 voices on your reel, that's awesome. Uh, my very first reel, I hit my agent with like 50 voices on it. She said, great. Now let's get into the studio and edit this down. For and here's what they'll do. They'll say, this person's got a lot of range. Let's get them into the office and give them a stack of copy and see what they do. And then they're going to have you read it and they're going to say, okay, try it this way. Try it that way. And then they'll know whether or not to take you on as a client. Yeah. So they bring you in. If you can act, they're going to know. If you can't. That doesn't mean you can't have a wonderful career in putting up really entertaining videos, but if you want the agent and you want the career in voice acting, you kind of need to do the rest of it. So, well, yeah. Acting's acting's acting. And I, I think people think even when you're doing um, like retail reads, it's like, no, yeah. it, that's where that's where it's like you can't do Christopher Walken selling Pizza Hut because they're not going to need that. They don't want that. They want to hear like a genuine voice, but you also have to speak. Let me hear it. Actually, Roger, now for a limited time till May 21st, get two medium pizzas with two toppings for $5.99. Oh, you telling me I can get two medium pizzas? Yeah, only at, only at Domino's. Only at Domino's. From uh, wait, no, where's it? Bad, badger, yo, Badger, from uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. I worked with him. I worked with him. Matt Jones, said, right? Matt Jones. Uh, yeah, Matt Jones. There's a guy. I think he said he lost his voice once when he was a teenager, and he never got it back. Never got it back. Yeah, I never got it back. You know, but it has sort of worked yeah, out. I yeah, saw yeah. him. Like, I love that he's exploded to the degree that yeah. he has. Um, yeah. Because I remember seeing it was a Midas Break commercial. Yeah. Where he was just a, he was just a bit character actor. I'm sure he probably came from an improv troupe or something like that. It was super yeah. funny. Um, and it was like his car goes crashing through this um, brake shop. Like you literally hear like people are at like this auto repair shop and all of a sudden you hear tires screeching outside and this car just goes careening through. It stops at the wall, all this dust spills and it's Matt Jones and he was like, 
I think I need to get my brakes checked or something like that. And I, I was like, that guy's funny. And what a great voice. I'm like, I'm going to hear that guy in a voiceover world someday. He's like, no, he's in Breaking Bad. The thing is, it's it's good. It'll help you understand how your voice works. It'll help you yeah. on listening and trying to mimic and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's great. Technical it's stuff. It's so rare that you ever use it. it I mean, yeah. we're doing it usually in between takes just to mess right. with one. But then we're doing different characters that have been conjured up. Where And, and actually where it does come in handy is in taking that and again adding it to your repertoire to how you can tweak something and make yes. it something. Yeah, exploring the range of your voice, you're absolutely right. Doing a lot of impressions is a great way to find out these are my limits, these are my boundaries, maybe I can stretch them. And by the way, why does this person sound that way? I guess maybe because they're from here or this is their personality, you know. There's a reason why uh, Sir Ian McKellen sounds this way. If you take Christopher Walken as a delivery style and then add it to the any other tiny character, then you now you've created a unique right. Like it, if it's a little guy, that you know, that's the delivery of uh, yeah. Walken. You know, it's like suddenly you're going, okay, in my mind, I'm trying to do Walken as the delivery, but I'm doing it as this high pitched voice. Now you've created something different and unique. Spartithi and Alex has a serious question. And this is what I expect from Spartithi and Alex. He is hardcore positive. How do you feel? How do you both feel knowing you worked on something that saves a life daily, inspired people, and brought them together from across the globe? Um, I feel great. I love that there's a community. I love that I've used this as a, an opportunity to connect with a bunch of people and um, get together and, and virtually kill many, many people with advanced weaponry. But, yes, now look, I love that the game has caught on. In the way it does, and I love this community that we have created. Uh, not me, we, and uh, it feels as cool as you think it would feel. That's from me. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I mean, there's there's nothing greater. There's no greater moment than when you, you we look. I show up to a gig. I show up to a job. My, I'm I'm getting there, trying to. I'm battling traffic. I'm doing what I can to get there early and be decompressed from traffic to be ready to perform and be on and be sharp and funny and make for a short day. It's like, so my mindset is in this job that I have to perform. And yes, it's a performance, but Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm, I'm wanting to make sure that I'm executing for this, this, uh, creative, collective, you know, collaborative vision that everyone at this project wants to have happen. And so you can be very fixated on that. And then all of a sudden it comes out. And it becomes this thing that a ton of people have created and worked on and made it into what it is, like the character design of, of, of Mirage uh, or of any character that we've been a part of. And then you meet somebody who it made a difference in their life or that it's just something that they appreciate or that they it distracted them from a really painful time or whatever it is. And you go, that's right. We get to be a part of something really, really, really unique and special and big and it's just it's an to say that it's an honor is like you know doesn't do it justice um it's a fun gig it has its stresses but it's like at the end of the day it's really really neat when you get to be a part of something that reaches so many people we have yeah million what last month yeah 70 million unique visitors so um yeah yeah. it's cool that's that's uh that's our impact part of it Uh, my brother was teasing me he said pathfinder is going to be your luke skywalker i don't care what else you've done People are going to remember you. They're going to say high five to you. And I said, you know what? As long as I'm remembered for something, I don't yeah, care. Go. It's going to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, here's poor chops. As my, my Luke Skywalker. Poor chops. There you go. My, my bumper sticker. I, I think Sonic's going to be 
80 years old at some convention at like the Radisson Inn in Pacoima. <laughs> well, son, you got them boots. <laughs> what were his last? What were his yeah. last words? Something about booze? I don't know what it was. Tops? I don't know. Yeah, uh, it know. was weird. Yeah. Well, here's an. He kept, he kept saying that 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 blasted razor hail. Nobody knows what that means. Yeah, I know. We tried to reach Razor Hill for for comment, but he's in his mansion. We can't get to him. Yeah, exactly. He's in his mansion. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't talk to people anymore until you pay him. You know, voice actor Razor Hill. Yeah, had little to say. Yeah, took over as the voice of Domino's and Ram Trucks. <laughs> yeah, all on the same day. Yeah, the mysterious car accident involving Roger Craig Smith and Chris Edgerly is yet to be solved. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cheater, cheater, has addressed this to Roger Craig Smith. What is the key to happiness in life and finding love? Well, funny you should ask, because that's exactly what Roger Craig Smith specializes in. Nobody knows. Yeah, nobody. Nobody knows. I honestly, I have no clue. Inner peace. I, I'm still working on it. You know, forty-four, not married, no kids. I'm like, I have no clue. I'm the last person you should be asking asking a, a question like that. But I will say that. Uh, handle it like like self awareness, really kind of easing up on yourself and and understanding that it's a journey and not a destination and all that. It's like there's a lot of there's a lot of really good stuff out there, um, but I think that journey inward is is the the key that kind of unlocks it. But that's different for everybody because it's such an individual pursuit. So yeah. I would say, uh, I, I think, I don't know if this is a Buddhist or Hindu proverb, happiness, there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. So yeah. if uh, I think all good philosophy boils down to some version of the serenity prayer, um, focus on what you can control, let the rest go. If you can do that, and that's hard. Most people can't do yeah. it. And even if you're perfect, you can't do it 100% of the time. But if you focus on the things that you can control, Find what you love to do and figure out how to pay your bills with it. You're you're going to be very happy. And that inner glow that you will exude will lead you or lead the right person that will be someone for you to find love with. You will be led to them or they will be led to you. You guys will notice each other. Uh, I can say personally, I do not think I would have earned the right to be with my wife if I had met her a few years before I met her. I, yeah. was, I was still growing up. Yeah. I wouldn't have had anything to offer. Yeah. I was in a, I was in better shape. I was in a better place and uh, better shape, meaning metaphysically speaking. So I earned the right to have uh, my wife in my life. And that was I was finding what was making me happy. And um, that's when love came. So, yeah, you seem happy. Yeah. Don't judge by whether or not you have a wife or kids, because that's not, you know, those are accoutrements. That's those are byproducts of being happy with somebody and deciding to spread that around the world, you know. So you trust me. I I know people with kids, they are not as happy as you are. So I think uh <laughs> I'm very happy and I have kids, but it doesn't mean that that's the prerequisite. So Yeah. And it's and it's and it's unique to every individual. There's I I know Jordan Peterson's a kind of a polarizing figure in a lot of ways and I I I I started to read his book uh, listen to his audiobook. Yeah. And there's little snippets from it that I take, but there's one that's like up on my board that I'm always like, yeah, that's kind of what it's about because it's sort of all encompassing. But I I, th I think it's uh, perhaps it's better to journey happily than to arrive successfully. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. 
our industry, it's just, you, you, and especially anybody who aspires to want to be a part of the business or to wants to start out or that kind of thing, all you do is you see this, and, and if you really sit down and think about it, you you don't realize that you haven't you haven't really understood what you think is this destination gig that you want. Right. Or it's like insert the once I achieve blankety blank, then I'll yeah. be or what happy, fulfilled, successful. Like it doesn't matter. It's it's no. constantly like rungs on a ladder. You go ah, oh, the view is going to be so much better up here. Oh oh yeah, well, it's going to only get better when I get. Oh okay, it's going to. It's like we we live in that constant state. Sort of enjoy the the journey on the ladder instead of constantly thinking that the present is ever lacking. What is that we live in a constant state of the present is ever lacking and the future is ever better. And if we didn't live in that state, then we would never achieve or do anything. So it's kind of a weird thing to to, to wrap your brain around that. But then trying to find happiness as an individual is no. only going to open up your world to so much more. So. Sega One Data has been uh, hitting me with this relentlessly in the stream. So okay. good, good luck with this one. Um, uh, he would like to know, now first of all, his name is spelled S-A-K-O-W-E-N-T-E-T-A. You want to say Sakawanteta, but it is not. It is as close as I can get, Sega One Data. It's Mohawk. Oh, no way. Yeah, he would love for you to attempt to say this as Mirage. Um, uh, I don't know if you see it there. Yeah, give it a yeah. give it a try if you can. It's definitely a, it's a mouthful. <laughs> but you want me to do it as Mirage would do it, which is meaning, I mean, I just heard you say Seguin Data. So yeah, so. Uh, I can't do that perfectly because that's not how Mirage would do it. No, Mirage, right. if, uh, yeah, I'm imagining uh, you'd be like, you know what? I mean, Pathfinder's good and all, but, you know, really and truly, as far as legends go, it's, uh, there's this new up and comer, uh, by the name of Second, uh, sec, sec, Secondary, Second, Second Hand Smoke? No, Sack, Sack, Son, Saskatchewan, no, no, he's, um, no, um, Suck it to me. I think it's. Uh, no, it's. Uh, I think it's Sega One Data. I think it's. It's Sega One Data Mirage. Yeah, I mean, with you know, with Pathfinder, that's the guy you want to look out for. That's the one. That's that's the legend. I I think it's gonna be. It's uh, um, Sega 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 sixteen bit blast processing. So Sega 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 Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast and Tata. Sega Sega. Uh, Sega uh, yeah, that guy. That's the one. Close enough. <laughs> Can I get a high five, Pathfinder? High five. High five. I'll give you ten. All right, let's My move on to favorite moment yeah. from the the season three trailers. I know the one. <laughs> the stuff that, that's like high five. Yeah, but that was that was such you and Crypto's trailer right there. Well, think about how much we know about people who are that like I don't know people who posture themselves as super cool all the time. Like like internally, you know, they're just as. That's what I love about the little nuanced elements of. Yeah, I think we've got more stuff coming for for the character. But there's more. There's more. Yeah, there's little bits of him that you're just gonna kind of go. All right, he's he's posturing. You know, it's like and yeah. that's why it's neat that there's that stuff that's there through all these characters. But does anyone have any improv? Scenarios. Give us a destination and yeah. an object. <laughs> a Mozambique, the dropship, yeah. caustic. <laughs> yeah, the break room before we go out and kill. By the way, before we start this, do they ever notice that um, there's about twenty replicas of them out in the field every single time? Does anyone have I have I have I should I have not mentioned that that I'm puncturing no. the balloon of reality? 
It's like, uh, suspension yeah. Suspension of disbelief. It's a film school thing. Suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bob, I think it was Bob Bergen told me a story about, uh, or he, it, this was 16 years ago, 17 years ago, that he, he's, he told the story of working on Fraggle Rock. I guess oh, was, yeah. And getting to meet uh, Mr. Henson. And, wow. Um, somebody at the, at, the, at, at the set said, why... If it's all underground, why would they go out? Like, why do we see sky? Yeah. Like, I guess they would see sky and Fraggle Rock or whatever, but it supposedly it was all underground. Yeah. And he and Bob said that I guess, like, you, you heard Kermit because that was yeah. his voice essentially. Yeah. Just looked at the person and said, It's a cartoon. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> it's a cartoon. Like, or something like that. Like, like what's your problem? Yay! But I just love it, you know. It's like, yeah, suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, in the break room, Pathfinder and Mirage in the break room, and Mirage has discovered that Pathfinder has stolen Mirage's pork chops. All right, dude, I've been looking at these things. Looking forward to such good leftover pork chops all day long. I'm going to open the fridge here. Okay. All right, hold on. Hey, I had a Ziploc bag of pork chops sitting right there with my name on it what's up mirage pork chops what what do you mean pork chops pork pork chops there it's like it's you don't even eat do you no but there was this bag of something and it had green stuff on it and i thought you know what i better get rid of that and besides no one pinged it was the green stuff my writing in sharpie green sharpie mirage M-A-R-I-G, however my name is spelled. I'm just saying, like, did you not see my name on the bag that had my pork chops in it? Wow. Yes. Now that I think about it, that was probably the wrong thing to do. Reading is fun. You're useless. This is like, this is, where did you, did you throw them out? Oh, yes. I high-fived them right out the window. Oh, that's great. That's good. A dog ate them. That's good. He looked happy. They're like... Is there like a baking program with you, like a like a like a recipe program or anything like that? There's nothing, right? Oh, sure. Right here on the keyboard, you set it to 350, and then you wait. Could you double as a toaster? Because maybe I could make some like peanut butter toast or something right now. I don't know. My brother came out as a toaster. Now we don't have him over at Thanksgiving. Yeah. And your mom's a vacuum cleaner. Blammo! I don't know. What are we... is, that, is that improv? I wouldn't charge a two-drink minimum for it, but, no, you know, I think no. that's that's not know, bad. What is this OK Boomer we keep hearing? I keep hearing OK Boomer. Is this a way to just mock old people now? No, so this is what's funny. First of all, I was born in 75, so I don't qualify. 69. Uh, thank you. Not you generation, no, generation X. No, I'm Generation X. missed it. Yeah. Um, I heard that recently. They were, talking about, they were talking about it on the radio, saying, like, it's become the new thing for... That baby boomer generation not understanding the science behind a lot of things that are happening in the world today. Yep. And sort of be denial of like anything, global warming, like all these things that are happening, right? That there's this response of like, okay, boomer. Yeah, okay, like, okay. You know, somebody who just so it's like if it's your if you're if you're the age of a baby boomer, but what it's become now is it's anybody that's older <laughs> is now a boomer. And so yeah. anytime they just want to sit there going, okay, okay, boomer, it's just like that's yeah. All right, and apparently, if you're 22 or older, it's yeah. okay, boomer. So I guess boomer. yeah, I think somebody wants Mirage saying okay, boomer. 
So they're never gonna. That was. That was. That was not Mirage. I think. Um, you gotta remember, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be Mirage. It'd be Crypto because I'm the old man. Remember in the trailer, it's like, whoa, buddy, it's me. Yeah, exactly. I'm the old man. Yeah. There you go. So we, gotta it, get, we gotta get Johnny on there again to say, "Okay, Boomer," because yeah. that's what he should call me. Want to say thanks for you for stopping by because I know how busy you are. Like thanks. I really do know that this was not easy for you to commit to. So well, I appreciate it. It was important because I know just how many people out there are loving this game. And yeah. You and I are very lucky people to get to be a part of it, and it's neat. Yes. And it's important that we reach out and be a part of the community and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you started doing this and that you asked me to be a part of it. So, yeah, thank you, Chris, for asking me, and thank you to the fans for It's my pleasure. A really great game. I can tell you with firsthand knowledge, the, the, the staff at Respawn and EA are super passionate, and they really care about this, and they love the community, and they love all the fan art. They love the interaction. They love the passion. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if we have Roger Craig back, maybe it's going to be with us gaming together. Believe me, if uh, if you thought the improv was bad, just wait. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you cannot even imagine. All right. Okay, Boomer. Yeah. Okay, Boomer. Okay, Boomer. Hey, <laughs> I think that means he likes me.